You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're listening in today. We have a new situation that's just come up in the last 15 minutes, and it, it bodes ill for the future of uh, travel in this country, particularly air travel. The EPA, without congressional authority, as usual, has decided is going to control emissions, limit emissions from airplanes. Now, what that means is that the airlines are going to spend millions of dollars changing their engines and cleaning up the fuel. And it's not, not easy to deal with cleaning up aviation fuel, more than it already is clean. There's really nothing out there that says this needs to be done. But the EPA has announced that emissions from airlines, airplanes, is hurting our health. No proof that I've seen that this is actually true. But what this is going to mean is dramatically increased cost for flying in this country. Now, let's go back to the dictatorships. Let's go back to Nazi Germany. Remember how they put travel restrictions on everybody? You had to have a... Everybody had to have certain documents in order to travel, and particularly if you were going on a train or if you were going out of the country, uh, you had to have certain documents to really go between one town and another. How long is it going to be before the Obama administration comes up with that and starts using that to limit air travel? You make it more expensive to fly, and then you tell people, well, because it's so much more expensive to fly, we're going to limit the number of flights you can take every year. This is more and more dictatorship every day. And what's happening is that Obama and his people are running amok. We have the education system being revamped to be essentially a propaganda organ for the state and for communism. We have the EPA shutting down utility plants here in Texas and in other places, trying to shut down the coal industry, which Obama knows will cause about a 300% increase in the utility cost for Americans. Now we're looking at a possibility, and this, this came out in the mainstream media today, which surprised me no end. They're predicting a stock market crash, that we are on the bubble and that the stock market could call fall at least 5,000 points, very similar to what happened back in 1987. All of this is being orchestrated. None of this is accidental. Let's look at what the courts are doing. Are we getting help from the courts? Some. Uh, the United States Justice Foundation will file a, an amicus brief in, in the uh, case here in Texas to stop Obama's amnesty. And we won in the Fifth Circuit. We won in the lower court. We won in the Fifth Circuit. And Obama has supposedly put the amnesty on, on hold for the time being. But we know better than that. He's ignored the courts all along. He ignored the courts when they told him that the FCC could not regulate the Internet, that it had no authority over the Internet. Yet the FCC is now regulating the Internet. They're going to be using that to try to shut down 
places like my website and the United States Justice Foundation website and America's Web Radio website, eventually that's coming. We have a recent U.S. Supreme Court decision which backed off from the hard-won Heller decision that we won years ago in the Supreme Court that said the right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental right of the individuals in this country. Not a collective group, not of the National Guard, but a fundamental right of individuals in this country. The right to keep and bear arms. Now the Supreme Court has ruled that a San Francisco law telling people that live in the city of San Francisco that if you have a firearm in your home, you must have it locked up, have a trigger guard on it, and have it locked up separately from your ammunition. So what good does that do? Somebody's invading your home. You get to spend the time and go get your key and unlock the gun case or the closet or wherever you're required to keep your weapons locked up. Then you get to unlock the trigger guard. Then you got to load the weapon, all of which is going to take some time. You might as well wait for the police to come. You're not going to have a chance against a home invader. You're not going to have a chance against the federal government if they come knocking on your door to seize your weapons. The Supreme Court has now upheld that law. So how long is it going to be before other towns and cities around the country and even some states like Maryland, California, New York start imposing the same type of rules and regulations? It's not going to be long. In fact, Congress would never approve that at this point. But who says Obama's not just going to issue another executive order? Saying, okay, I'm ordering that every firearm privately owned in the United States be locked up. We have a trigger lock on it. And I'm ordering all local police and sheriff's offices to enforce that law. Or else the FBI to do it. We have a situation in this country where we have terrorists inside our borders. We have terrorists on the southern border. We have terrorists crossing the southern border. We have terrorists crossing the northern border from Canada. Canada has seen a tenfold increase of Muslim immigrants coming into their country in the last few years. We have the same thing happening in the United States. Obama is mandating, and the Democrats are demanding, that more and more Muslim refugees, so-called refugees, from places like Syria and Yemen and Somalia be allowed to enter the United States. They're bringing them in without vetting them. They don't find out who they are. They don't even know for sure what their names are. They're being brought in the United States, and they're being dumped on towns and cities all over the country. I did a TV show earlier today with uh, some people in uh, Kentucky, and they're talking about how that's happening to towns in Kentucky. That all of a sudden, all these Muslims are being brought in and just relocated there. They're being given free medical care, free housing, free food, free education. And they're being put on welfare, and they're being allowed under Obama's program to apply if they want to, they're given a social security number, they can then 
apply for tax refunds, even if they've never paid any taxes. They can get tax credits, even if they've never paid any taxes. All of this is being dumped on this country, and our security is going to hell. So how's Obama responding to the threats of terrorism, the increased threats of violence? I mean, look at the murder rate in Baltimore, and that's being orchestrated, too. Baltimore, Chicago, cities like that, where the uh, criminals are just overrunning places. Obama's response to the rising crime rate is to disable as much as possible local police departments. His response to the rising threat of terrorism is to put Homeland Security concentrating on getting the illegals that he's granted amnesty to. And again, the court says that this is, he can't do it, but he's going ahead and do it anyway. He's having Homeland Security spend their time putting these people on fast track to citizenship. His response to all these dangers in our country is to disarm the American people to issue new executive orders and we know of at least a dozen more that he's planning to issue uh, before the end of his term a dozen more executive orders basically limiting the ability of Americans to own firearms to purchase firearms and get ammunition and I got a got an email from a, a captain retired Navy captain disabled who got a letter from the VA, and I'd heard about these letters before, but this is the first time somebody confirmed to me that they had actually received one. And we've talked on this program before about the VA writing veterans and telling them they're going to be declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs, and once that happens, they can no longer purchase or possess firearms or ammunition. So they're getting these letters about how they're getting letters saying that because of the high suicide rate among veterans, they are offering free trigger guards, trigger locks, to all veterans who own firearms. The VA is going to send you as many as you need. All you have to do is fill out a form telling the VA how many firearms you own, what type they are, and where you keep them. And this Navy captain was saying, is this another way to register firearms and to disarm veterans in this country? Certainly. If you're a veteran out there and you've received this letter, ignore it. If they really wanted to help veterans out and provide free trigger guards, trigger locks to veterans, all they got to do is take them to the VA hospitals or the VA centers and put them up, up there on the desk in a box and let the veterans take as many as they need. Or have them hand them out to the veterans without them filling out any forms. But no, they send this, this form to be filled out. I can guarantee you that the veterans who fill out this form and send it back to the VA are going to be the next ones that are going to get that letter telling them they're going to be declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs and therefore can no longer own firearms and be ordered to turn in their firearms. Talked to a veteran yesterday who the VA didn't send him the letter 
the VA sent somebody by his home to meet with his wife and said that they wanted to appoint her to be a fiduciary to handle his financial affairs. Never mentioned it. They sent me the documents they subsequently received. No mention was ever made to the wife that she she met with this VA employee, uh, would not allow the husband to even sit in on this. This was done separately. And she signed the documents to become a fiduciary just to help her husband with the finances. He was never diagnosed as mentally ill. He's never been found to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to himself or others. And he was never told, and his wife was never told, that once she signed this document that became fiduciary, that he would be not allowed to own firearms anymore. They found this out, not through any documents sent to him by the VA, but when he went a few months ago to try to purchase a firearm legally, he filled out the form and he was told, you're not eligible to purchase a firearm. So let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I've got a new program starting here, June 12th at 11 a.m. It's called The Prologue, and we'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. Join us, won't you, starting June 12th, 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we're representing this veteran and trying to figure out how he can even file an appeal since he never was notified officially that they were going to take away his, his firearm rights. They just did it. And we're getting more and more indication from veterans out there that the same thing is happening to them. But they're not getting a letter from the VA saying that because of your physical or mental disabilities, we're going to declare you incompetent. They're not getting that letter. They're finding it out when they go to try to purchase a firearm. Unfortunately, some of them may find it out when the Federals kick in their doors to steal their firearms, to confiscate their firearms. We don't know where it's going from here, but we do know it keeps getting worse. And we do know that we keep fighting and we keep winning and we're working with 
Senator Charles Grassley's Senate Judiciary Committee, and uh, I think I mentioned that they reported that of the of the people who are listed on the NICS list as being mentally ill to the point of being a danger to themselves or others, when the law requires that they be adjudicated to be mental, uh, found mentally ill to be a point of being a danger to themselves or others, but Eric Holder decided there was no need for adjudication process, uh, no hearing, no anything, that anybody who worked for the federal government, he was an independent contractor, can declare a veteran mentally ill to the point of being a danger to themselves or others. So of the people in that category on the NICS list run by the FBI, 99.3% are veterans. We're looking at several hundred thousand at least veterans who cannot legally own or purchase firearms in this country. And they have never, for the most part, been seen by a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even a medical doctor. They may or may not have minor PTSD. They may have been put on that list because they allow their spouses to pay the family bills or because they have the veteran in Texas we're representing, uh, one of the guys here in Texas. I've got the letter that tells him he's being declared incompetent to handle his own financial affairs because he has an automated system with the bank. The bank automatically pays his bills every month out of his checking account. For that reason, he's been declared incompetent and been declared to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to himself or others. Now, this is the same guy who it took three years to get an appointment to see the VA doctors. And then he has this happen to him. And this is rampant. This is the beginning of massive gun control in this country. If you're a veteran and you've had this happen to us, when we're not charging veterans or their families anything for representation, we're working on individual cases, we're working with the Senate Judiciary Committee, we're working on getting this word out all over the place, uh, we're doing a lot, doing a lot of radio talk shows, a lot of speeches. If you're a veteran out there, and you need help because if something like this has happened to you, contact me at Michael, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Michael at USJFmail.net. That's Michael at USJF, the United States Justice Foundation, Michael at USJFmail.net. That's the quickest way to reach me. You can also go to our website at USJF.net, and you can read some of the articles about that I posted on there you know, on my blog about the uh, what's happening with the veterans and what's happening in general. You know, I put uh, an article recently on my blog at michaelconnelly.jigsy.com called "Enlarging the Insult," and basically what that article is about is the fact that this is now extending beyond veterans. They're going after senior citizens. They're going to they're going after individuals all across this country trying to disarm us. And they're emboldened by the fact that they've gotten away with it so far with the veterans to a great extent. I mean, we're basically the only organization out there fighting them from this. The American Legion is in denial. They don't even want to believe this is happening. VFW is not doing anything. I'm talking about at the national level. There are local chapters and local individuals 
in the VFW and American Legion who are, are working on this. And we're working right now with the attorneys for the Wounded Warrior Project. They're very concerned about this. They're representing individual veterans. But that basically, we're it. And we're a small organization. We raise our money independently. We don't charge our clients for anything. So if you're interested in helping, go to usjf.net and find out how to make a contribution. Or contact me at michael at usjfmail.net and find out how you can make a contribution or if you need help. And we'll talk to you about how we can help you. And we'll do everything we can. But this is the the creep into the loss of our Second Amendment being taken by the states, some states out there. It's being done by the federal government without congressional approval, and it's being done by the courts. We are going to have to make a stand. I mean, we are losing everything at this point. What's happening on our borders? The threats are increasing. There was a helicopter, the helicopter belonging to the Border Patrol that was flying an interdiction flight along the border with Mexico here in Texas, and it was shot down by fire coming from inside Mexico. Now, whether or not this was fire from drug cartels or fire from ISIS or fire from Al-Qaeda, all of who we know are working with the drug cartels and are stationed on, have people stationed on the border, we don't know. But we do know it was an act of war. An American helicopter was shot down. Did you hear about this, the mainstream media? I bet you didn't. I think Fox News has mentioned it. And they're the only ones that are really talking about it. Other than people along the southern border, people in Texas know about it. Greg Abbott, our, our new governor, just signed a, a bill authorizing increased expenditures to con- patrol our southern border and stop immigration, the illegal immigrants from coming in. Because Obama's ordered the Border Patrol to do nothing. To not only not detain illegal immigrants, but to assist them in getting on airplanes or buses or trains and getting to wherever they want to go. And they're being put on airplanes without even proper identification. They don't have to show the same identification in the picture ID that you and I have to show. They're giving a little form, which you can print out off the Internet and forge a signature to, that is basically a notice to appear. And it tells them that they have to appear somewhere down the road two, three years from now in an immigration court. Well, I know people that work in the immigration courts, and they said that only about one out of every ten people that have received that notice ever appear. They, they disappear in this country forever. And when they do appear, the, the Justice Department and Obama basically ordered them to, to be set free, just like he's ordered and had the Justice Department and Department of Homeland Security release thousands of convicted criminals, illegals, who are serving prison terms or were serving prison terms in this country for everything from rape and murder to DUIs to child molestation, The law says that once they have served their prison term, 
They are then to be immediately deported back to their country of origin. Obama has stopped the deportation of most of them, and in fact has ordered many of them released early out on our streets. I'm not talking about a couple hundred. I'm talking about as many as 38,000 criminals released from federal prisons around the country and put back out on our streets as a danger to us. So we have multiple dangers here. We've got illegals coming across our border. We've got potential terrorists coming across our border, both the northern northern and southern borders. We have thousands of unvetted Muslims being transported into this country at taxpayer expense, being set up in our towns and cities at taxpayer expense. And we don't know who these people are. We don't know how much of a danger they are. Many of them are not dangerous to us. But the fact of the matter is is they're getting to live off of this, this society without contributing anything to it. And some of them are going to be dangerous. Some of them are going to become criminals. Some of them are probably going to become terrorists. If they're not terrorists already, they're being sent here by ISIS and al-Qaeda. All of this is, is unbelievable. What's happening to our country, and it's happening because of the President of the United States, who, in fact, is looking more and more every day like he is, in fact, a Muslim. He's certainly not a Christian, which is what he used to profess to be. But now, there's an all-out assault in this country on Christianity. In our military, the United States Army just informed a church up in the Washington, D.C. area that they, and this is the oldest church in the area, and it was founded before the Revolutionary War. And every year on, the July, on July 4th, there is an honor guard sent by the United States Army, a color guard to present the colors of the church service that they have on July 4th every year. Not this year. They got a letter from the Army saying that Army policy prohibits the military from doing anything connected with religion. But the same Army unit is supplying a color guard to a gay pride parade. Now, does that tell you how sick things are getting in this country? Military chaplains are resigning in mass. They're not allowed to minister to their flocks. They're not allowed to say anything on terms such as gay marriage. Military chaplains are not even allowed into a lot of the VA hospitals. If they are allowed to VA hospitals... They can't bring a Bible with them. They can't pray with a soldier. In fact, we now have reliable reports that in some VA hospitals, Catholics, Catholic soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, who are dying are being denied the last rites because the VA doesn't want any priests doing anything in their facility that smacks of the Christian religion. Muslims can 
have free reign in the military. They can wear their traditional Muslim guard. They can have beards. They can do whatever they want. But we recently had a Marine who was dishonored and discharged and court-martialed for refusing to remove a biblical verse from her workspace. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Let's talk some more about the assault on Christianity in this country and the issue of same-sex marriage. Now, the United States Justice Foundation has, along with many other groups, filed an amicus brief, a friend of the court brief, in the United States Supreme Court, opposing the court's legalization of same-sex marriage. We unfortunately, along with many other people in the country, believe that the Supreme Court, probably by a five to four decision, is going to mandate same-sex marriage. It's going to find that people who want to engage in same-sex marriage are protected by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Ladies and gentlemen, read the Constitution. Look at the 14th Amendment. Read the entire document. As I point out, in my little book they called Our Constitution, we were to take each article, each section, each amendment to the Constitution, and I print them the way they originally were written. And then I put my comments about what they actually mean. As I point out in there, there are a lot of things that aren't mentioned in the Constitution. Same-sex marriage is one of those things. Health care is one of those things. None of that gives the Congress of the United States or the courts in this country or the executive branch of the federal government the right to mandate same-sex marriage. The states can do it if they want to, 
on an individual basis. But now we have the Supreme Court of the United States that looks like it is going to tell all the states and all the cities and all the towns and all the churches that they have to accept same-sex marriage as a constitutional right. I guarantee that our founding fathers, when they drew up the Constitution, were not considering same-sex marriage as a constitutional right. And when they passed the 14th Amendment to the Constitution after the Civil War, they weren't thinking about homosexual rights. They weren't thinking about gays. They didn't even use that term. Yet we have a Supreme Court that's going to tell us that we have to accept it. Now, what's that going to mean for our churches? Are ministers going to have to perform same-sex marriage ceremonies? Or risk going to jail? Are churches going to have to allow those ceremonies to take place within their confines? Or risk losing their tax-exempt status and being shut down by the federal government? We don't know what's going to happen if this decision comes out the way we think it will be. But we're preparing for it, and we're trying to help other people prepare for it. We have gathered together at the United States Justice Foundation a team of top constitutional lawyers, constitutional scholars, and people who are experts in public policy analysis. And what they're doing is we're having them prepare and publish a series of articles addressing different aspects of this issue. And we're putting out about two of these articles a week. And we're trying to get all of them out between now and the time the Supreme Court makes the decision, which could be sometime in the next two weeks. Definitely by the end of June, it looks like they're going to make the decision. If you want to read these articles, we're putting them on our website at usjf.net. And we talk about things like the 14th Amendment. The articles talk about what the 14th Amendment really means, and can it really be used to mandate homosexual marriage. And we also are talking about, must a decision of the U.S. Supreme Court be obeyed as the supreme law of the land? Think about the courts for a minute. Think about the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the only court created in the Constitution. And it was primarily created to settle disputes between the states and disputes between individuals that lived in different states. It took upon itself to interpret federal law and decide whether or not it's constitutional. All other courts, inferior courts of the Supreme Court, were created by Congress. And Congress gives them jurisdiction. Congress has never authorized any court, federal court in this country, to have jurisdiction over the states and their mandates regarding same-sex marriage. Never has any state, or has Congress done that. They have never given that power to any federal court. If federal courts have assumed that power, and they're making decisions based strictly on politics, what is politically correct, not on what's in the Constitution. The Tenth Amendment to the Constitution is specific. It says that unless specifically delegated 
to the federal government by the Constitution, all other rights and obligations and duties belong to individuals and and or to the states. As pretty simply put, belongs to the states, not to the federal government. Now, we've seen that eroded, eroded repeatedly throughout the years. As the courts have taken more and more power, Congress has taken more and more power, the presidents have taken more and more power, now we have a power-mad individual in the White House who is going to use the authority he thinks he has, which is not mandated on the Constitution, use that authority to force stuff down our throats that the majority of the American people don't want. Think about this. And somebody you know, mentioned this recently um, on, when I was making a speech down in uh, uh, Kerrville, Texas. The millennial generation seems to be totally accepting same-sex marriage. Why? Because they are under the illusion that millions and millions of Americans are homosexual. That almost 40-50% of the population is homosexual. When in fact the percentage is something less than 3%, and this is the federal government has, has shown this in their own studies, something less than 3%. But why do the millennials and why do so many young people believe otherwise? Because go to the television shows. Look at the television shows that have evolved over the last 10 years. Every show seems to have at least one homosexual character. Some of them have nothing but homosexual characters, or more than one. The kids that are looking at these shows, the young adults that are looking at these shows, they think it's the normal thing, and that almost half of the American people are, in fact, gay. That's just not the case. Yet we have the businesses in this country bending over backwards to appeal to the gays. Franklin Graham yesterday did something that I'm really applauding. His foundation and the Billy Graham Foundation that pushes Christianity and, and seeks to define Christianity and to help people accept Christianity, they have about $295 million in the bank. And they have all their accounts in Wells Fargo Bank. Wells Fargo has decided to run an ad featuring a homosexual couple to appeal, I guess, to the homosexuals out there to do their banking with them. Franklin Graham has said he doesn't need to go along with that. So they have closed all their accounts with Wells Fargo. That's a pretty good-sized hit. If other people out there, other corporations, other foundations do the same thing, and Wells Fargo will find out pretty pretty quickly that they're not going to be able to replace what they lose by catering to a small minority of the population. Yeah, they're a vocal minority. They're loud and some, in a lot of cases mean and vicious. Not true of all of them, but boy, look at the ones that are getting the publicity. Trying to have people like the little bakery 
they refused to bake a cake for a gay couple's wedding, trying to put them out of business. Didn't put them out of business. And then the state government comes in and fines them $138,000 for daring to follow their religious convictions. And that's what they want to have happen to everybody. The gay community wants to shut down those of us that disagree with them, that disagree with their lifestyle, that disagree with gay marriage. Now, if they want to have that lifestyle in private, that's fine. I don't tell anybody what they they can and cannot do in their own homes. But don't tell me that I have to accept it. Don't tell me that I have to allow my children in school, or actually at this point I don't have any children in school, but to see allow children in school to be taught that that is the correct lifestyle and to be taught that you are mean and vicious and bigoted if you don't agree with that lifestyle. That's the agenda being pushed by the homosexual community, and many of them anyway. And that's the agenda being pushed by Obama, and now it's going to be the agenda being pushed by the United States Supreme Court. These articles are all going to talk about questions, raise questions about how the federal judges deciding in favor of a constitutional right to same-sex marriage truly behave judicially. See, this brings to question the fact that Kagan, Justice Kagan and Justice Ginsburg not only have openly come out and endorsed homosexual marriage as a constitutional right, they have in fact performed gay marriages as judges of the U.S. Supreme Court. Judges of any court are not supposed to make decisions on cases prior to hearing the evidence and listening to the arguments of the case. They are not be supposed to be going out advocating for one side or the other in a situation like this. Yet we have two Supreme Court justices who have become open advocates for the position of the gay community. And yet they are sitting on the bench and are going to decide this case. If a judge cannot be unbiased in a case, they have to recuse themselves. Clearly here we have two justices who are extremely biased. And they're making no effort to recuse themselves. They're not allowing anybody who's made a motion to recuse them to be successful. It's a corrupt system. When people like that are allowed to make decisions that are going to affect the lives of every American. And I, for one, am getting fed up with it. Let's take our final break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So please go to USJF.net and read these articles that we post them. So this is an important issue, and you need to talk with your, to talk with your children, your friends, and your neighbors about it. Talk to the people in your church. Right now, our kids are receiving nothing but propaganda in the schools, and it's just getting worse. I mean, they are being told that they are bigots if they don't accept gay marriage. They're being told that they are bigots if they don't accept the Muslim religion as being a legitimate religion. In fact, the Muslim religion is not just a religion. It is a military that has military wings. It is an ideology that wants to basically enslave the world. And the Muslim Brotherhood has said this. You know, Obama meets with the members of the Muslim Brotherhood on a frequent basis. And has members of the Muslim Brotherhood working in the federal government in various capacities, including Department of Homeland Security. Our children are not being taught the truth. In my little booklet, Our Constitution, and you can order that by going www.constitution.jigsy.com and you can order a copy for $6 or you can order multiple copies with substantial discounts and these are pocket-sized booklets 77 pages long and in those booklets I point out things that most people know about the Constitution for example the phrase separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. Yet our children are being taught in their schools that it is, that it's part of the Constitution, and it is the reason why they are not allowed to pray in school. Why at this point in a lot of schools they're not even allowed to wear a cross around their neck or to read a Bible in their free time or to hold meetings after school, in school facilities, prayer meetings. I'll take that back. If you're Muslims, you can do it. But if you're Christians, forget it. 
or if you Jews, forget it. That's the political correctness. Common Core is the widely accepted and being pushed way to, to teach our children now. And in Common Core, when they talk about American history and they talk about U.S. government, what's being taught to our children is not American exceptionalism, and it's not how free we are compared to most other places in the world. But they're being taught that the Constitution is fundamentally flawed because it doesn't protect things like gay marriage. It doesn't mention things like gay marriage. And because it did not outlaw slavery when it was growing up. Our kids are being taught that everything about the United States that they are being hearing from their parents is wrong. I have read essays written by kids who believe that the United States was responsible for the starting World War II. That we, in fact, attacked Japan, not vice versa. I read essays where the kids were saying that the fundamental cause of World War II was us dropping the atomic bomb on Japan. Which, and no mentions made of Pearl Harbor. No mentions made of the fact that the atomic bombs were dropped at the end of the war, to end the war not to start the war. This is what our children are being taught. We have to counteract that, and that's one of the things that we do at the United States Justice Foundation. In addition to being involved in all the court cases that we're working on, and these include the veterans case, the uh, immigration cases, the uh, uh, gay rights, gay marriage cases, protection of Christians, protection of all religions in, in this country, all the cases that we're working on, protecting the Fourth Amendment rights, the Fifth Amendment rights, the First Amendment rights, our right to freedom of speech, that's part of what we do. That's the main part of what we do. But we also try to educate people. And that's the reason that I'm encouraging you now to go to usjf.net and take a look at the articles that are being posted on the website about this gay marriage issue. Share those articles. Understand that there may be consequences, or there will be consequences if this is adopted. The Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. And these will be consequences that will impact virtually all of our lives, impact the way we do business, the way we can speak out, the way we think, all of which Common Core is trying to do to our children. Make everybody politically correct. All of our children march in lockstep. Make them into good little Obama bots, good little robots that do what they're told and don't question anything. At least not anything said by the left or the liberals. So USJF.net, read these articles. Find out how you can prepare yourself for what is about to happen and how you can defend yourself and your family and your church and your business against the mandate that we believe is coming down. Uh, I pray that it's not going to happen. But I fear in the climate we're in right now, it will happen. Also at USJF.net, you can go to the About section. Says, there's a little section about Michael Connolly, Executive Director. And there you can get the link to my blog and my website. Now, a lot of my blog articles are posted on usjf.net, and you can read them there. 
a lot of the older articles are not. So you can go to use that link to go to my website at Michael Connolly, C O N N E L L Y dot Jiggly, J I G S Y dot com. And there you can read my article on the Constitution, all the constitutional issues, about, including articles about veterans, articles about freedom of speech, uh, articles about the, what's to our gun rights, our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment. You can also talk about the books that I've written, and there are, including, not including the constitutional book, but there are four other books, one of which is The Mortarman, the story father's unit during World War II, which has become a big seller on Amazon as an e-book and also as a paperback. And you can order a copy directly through my web, signed copy. So order a copy of Ami Yaley. It's driving members of the left crazy because it is patriotic and it does show uh, America's rising up to defend their country against tyranny and rising up using weapons that they have, using their Second Amendment rights, and using their First Amendment rights, and going to war to protect our nation, to get back our... That's just racist, is what they're called, because I, I mentioned the uh, Chinese communists in there. I talked about the Syrians and the jihadists, and so I'm, all of a sudden I'm a racist, and I'll, of course I'm a gun nut, because I actually talk about American citizens using firearms to defend their country. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Second Amendment is all about. The Second Amendment was put into the Constitution so Americans could defend their freedoms. Our children are being taught otherwise. Our children are being taught that the Second Amendment is out of date and archaic, that it was put in there to defend, to allow people to hunt because that was the only way they could put meat on their table back in those days. Of course, that's not true, because most people lived in, in the cities, and they went to the markets, and they bought their food. People out in the rural communities hunted or raised their own, their own livestock. So that wasn't what the Second Amendment was about. The Second Amendment was about defending our freedoms, about the fact that the Continental Congress, the Founding Fathers, the people that wrote the Constitution were forming a type of government that had never been tried before. They did not know if it would succeed. They did not know if it would turn into tyranny somehow, which is exactly what's happening in this country right now. So they put in the Second Amendment. In fact, they put in the entire Bill of Rights, and the preamble of the Bill of Rights is also in my little book that I'm not People don't even know that there is a preamble to the Bill of Rights. You very seldom see it in the textbooks. You see the preamble of the Constitution. I had to memorize that when I was in, in school. I doubt if our kids did it 50 But read it. Bill of Rights was a warning to the federal government by the very people who were creating that government, saying these rights are rights that were not given to us by the government, but if you say that these are rights granted by the government, you're saying the government can take them away. They're saying these are not rights granted us by the government, but rights that were granted us by our Creator, by God. And therefore, the government cannot take them away. The government cannot touch them. 
and that includes the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. Now we have a President of the United States, state governments around the country, and the Supreme Court stepping on the Second Amendment. Once we lose the Second Amendment, we're going to lose the First Amendment. We're going to lose it all. So thank you for listening in today, ladies and gentlemen. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And please go to usjf.net and donate an XXM contribution or deductible contribution to help us defend our veterans and defend our freedoms. Thank you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.